0: Hey JD. Hey. So, what was the turkey suspected of? I don't know, Joe. Be scared. Be uh, extremely scared. Huh. Foul play.
1: Where's the door? I want them to. That come was in here my and death
2: rattle. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Activate mechanics. Tech,
3: I'm ready. Third go.
2: Mm. Oh,
3: nothing like a classic. Yes, for That's us fantastic. at least. Tastes like turkey.
0: Wait, <laughs> what? Turkey. Huh. Gobble, think, gobble. think you're drinking the wrong thing. I think yeah. mine tastes like yams. <laughs> <laughs> what?
3: Why did I get gravy? <laughs> <laughs> Joe, that, that actually is gravy. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> God.
1: He's just con the hell out of me right there. Oh, yeah. It's not as bad as your joke, but okay. <laughs> hey
3: everyone, I'm Joe. I'm Eric. And I am the festive third, James J.D. Pilgrim. <laughs> right. Pilgrim. Oh, well, how was your week, guys? And also, what are you thankful for for this wonderful Thanksgiving? Oh, well, um... I actually did not work. Would you stop gloating?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had the entire week off except today, uh, which is fine. You know, one not one bad. out of five isn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, at I, least we know
1: now. Like, if he ever like keeps a score or a record, like we <laughs> right. need. Right, to... one out of five is not bad. All right, 10% out of 100, it's not that, it's not too shabby. Right. It's like,
0: it really is. <laughs> well, and I only worked till 4.30 today, too, so, I mean, yeah. Uh,
2: it, it, so it's relaxing.
0: Yeah, it, it wasn't a bad day. Nice. Uh, but, no, as far as thankful, I am thankful for my close friends here Aww. at Genix. Um, I see what he's
1: doing there. I see what he's doing there. I'm thankful
0: for Matt, even though he's not able to join us. Yeah. Um, thankful for our new logo and our new intro. (laughs) Yes. Amazing. By (laughs) the way. Right. And most of all, I'm thankful for our viewers or should say listeners Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and all the support you've shown us.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. I will second that. Uh, my week was, uh,
3: not as good as joe's because <laughs> i had to work um, no one can be as awesome as i am yeah right i, I know this as well eric that you had to work
2: <laughs> yes yes uh,
1: wasn't a, it wasn't too terrible a week like i mean in the in the pa- in our past episodes like i've talked about you know working and everything like that and i might have said some negative things here and there but honestly i'm just i'm grateful to have a job i'm th- i guess thankful to have a job Mm-hmm. um other than that uh thankful for um friends that I consider family so you know for Thanksgiving you get to you know it's kind of routine that you you know you want to spend Thanksgiving with your family and um like Christmas is also another that's coming up here recent or pretty soon that you spend time with your family. My whole thing is I have I have family but I look at my friends as family I got to choose. Yeah. So I really appreciate everybody that actually you know takes the time to listen to my bullshit and <laughs> really kind of show me that they care. You know, he whines a
0: lot. Yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's you know. Besides the week being you know a pretty routine week. By the by the way, today's word is routine. That's what I'm going to keep saying. But um, but yeah, it um, it was a work week, it, just like any other work week, but. You know, as far as Thanksgiving is concerned, um, got some good eats. Got to hang out with some some really awesome people. And uh, let's see, what else am I thankful for? Nothing.
3: Oh. I've said my piece, <laughs> Mister Third. Well, as much as Eric has said, I worked as well. Uh, worked a, worked quite a bit. We had a little bit of overtime issues there, but yep. and I worked today. Uh, well. Worked on Friday, but uh, not too long. It was kind of relaxed after a relaxed day, but I am thankful for my friends, thankful for something that I didn't think we'd ever start, this podcast. Right. Uh, I'm having a great time doing this. It's been going for 20, 30 weeks now. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. Uh, Just having a great time just getting everything together, getting everybody together, getting everything set up and just hanging out and having a good time putting it in the record form. <laughs>
0: yeah. So. Because, I mean, this way we
3: get to talk like we do anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And have fun doing it like we always do. And other people get a glimpse in our world. Yes.
1: And see, the funny thing that I look at is the fact that a lot of our, our friends um, that we all have, that we all share and stuff, have been around us in these conversations Yes, and yes. they've actually <laughs> sit there and seen our personalities at, at our strong points at our high points in our life our low points and everything there's also the occasion that comes up where you know we've been doing this this wonderful thing and again i i second and third everybody's feelings on this like i appreciate everybody that takes the time to to listen to us And, you know, share the same kind of, you know, things that we like. Some people don't. That's totally fine. But a lot of our close personal friends that we know would never think that we could actually get along and
0: last this long listening to each other talk (laughs) for this long. So they don't remember the Denny's days. Oh, no. No. Staying up till 5 a.m., mind you. That's after a full work day.
1: Yes. It's true. We were we were iron people. Yes. I will give that. Not just iron men. There was
0: iron women. It was not the next day until you went to sleep or it was 5 a.m. <laughs> I remember being at Denny's those early mornings and stuff when the birds were chirping.
1: That was my alarm. Right. That was my alarm tell me <laughs> go to bed. Right. I'm surprised they still don't, you know, or at that time hadn't set up cots in the back. Oh, Right yeah. next to the coffee makers would have been perfect for cots. Right. Or bunk beds, because I'm a kid at heart, so. Just to get us to stay longer. Oh, man. But things progress. Yes. And now, it's
0: kind of like our,
1: this is our Denny's. I mean, we're yes.
0: still hanging out doing the same thing we did. Drinking
1: coffee. and Ten oh, yeah. years ago. Right. <laughs> Just in, in a see, we different to, format. Right. But yeah. we get to sit there and, like, our opinions, we get to express to everybody here and,
3: Every every bit of feedback that we've gotten, mm-hmm. a yeah, a lot of people have really kind of, and I enjoyed am it. thankful for all opinions and all information that you give us.
1: Yeah, yeah, always. We are definitely not opposed to constructive criticism because it actually, the thing I love the most about this, besides being able to hang out with you on everything, and I, I'm not trying to get anybody to tear up, stop crying, JD, is the fact that we get to we're all creative. Oh, yeah. In our own ways and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is definitely the way that we get our creativity out. Oh, because definitely. Because if we couldn't do that, we'd probably all go insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe might technically well, I mean, actually be. Well, I yeah. being clinically.
0: Help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> help. <laughs> if you really listen, help. <laughs> Speaking of help. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. This episode is brought to to you by
3: Audible. With more than 400,000 audiobooks, there's always something to listen to. So, as you know, guys, I like listening to books at work to pass the time and to cover that wonderful noise of the work floor. This week, I started listening to The Hobbit, which is narrated by Gollum actor himself, Andy Serkis. There's so many books that are great to listen to for any real-life situation. So start your 30-day trial, plus get your first audiobook free
1: by going to audibletrial.com slash Gen X. Thanks, Audible.
0: And on that note, I do want to make one more announcement. We do have a Teespring store. Oh. Yeah. So we have decided to start making uh, designs based on our uh, advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> How's your head, Joe? <laughs> yeah, right. It it, it it was a knockout. Uh, uh, <laughs> I bought the mug. <laughs> yes, JD did buy the mug. So if you do want to, check out the description on the podcast and the link to our Teespring store will be in that description.
1: And we're actually we're working diligently to make new material. Yes. And make more product for all of you all to share with us in. And hopefully you all have just as much fun as we've had creating these things. Yes.
3: <laughs> it's been a blast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that I can't believe they're actually not going to create. Oh. It's, this This hurts me. Reynolds. Reynolds rat. Shush your face. <laughs> <laughs> Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Is wanting to be the next Bond. Oh. <gasps> Really? Yes. My man crush. What's... Not really. Oh. Oh. um, Yeah. You just crushed my soul. Yeah, mine's been crushed for a while now, but... Ryan Reynolds had fans a little shaken up when he had mentioned possibly taking on the super spiral of James Bond in an interview with the Times. Ah. Ryan commented, I hear they're looking for a new Bond. Could you accept a Canadian sipping gin and tonic instead of a martini? I, I mean, I could. Yeah. I, <laughs> if so, I'm interested. But before you look forward to changing around 007's drink of choice, Ryan made it clear that he was just kidding during the interview. Tweeting on November 19th, I promise you I was not even remotely serious here. Alongside a gif that also read, or that would also read, that's bait. Aww. Uh. <laughs> Uh, Reynolds had also uh, noted back in October that he would be taking a break from acting after wrapping up, or wrapping on *Spirited*, Apple TV plus or Apple TV's plus musical adaptation of Charles Dickens'
3: *A Christmas Carol*. I'd like to see how he does with that. Yeah, that'd be interesting.
1: I think everything he touches turns to gold, anyways. Right, <laughs> because I'm still it's on my watch list on Netflix, but I do want to check out his new movie with the Rock. Yes, yeah, that's gotten a lot yeah. of good. I have a huge backlog. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds always takes precedence over any backlog. That is true. As for the reason, well, it so happened that he spent time with Blake Lively and their three daughters, James, six, Inez, five, and Betty, two. Oh.
0: Uh, I mean, that's a really good reason to take a break from acting. Mm-hmm. I mean, spend time with the family. Yeah. Uh, however, out of the candidates that we've mentioned previously for. Uh, a potential James Bond, I think Ryan Reynolds would have been the best. Really? I completely uh, yeah, yeah, agree I, I with can, that.
3: I can see that. Yeah, I,
0: He's got that suave attitude. He's relaxed and laid back. He's, he's almost got that uh, Sean Connery feel to him. Yeah.
1: He's actually, well, he always brings... The two things that I've learned about Ryan Reynolds as I've watched pretty much all of his movies, uh, even the ones that were very dramatic or, you know, kind of... Um, I'm trying to remember the correct word that they say. It's more... It wouldn't be film noir-ish. But it's it's a very... It's like a statement movie that you don't really ever see the actor playing in. Mm-hmm. You know, you can yeah. never picture him in this kind of right. type of role. But I'll still watch those. Um, but with him... I never really wanted to think that James Bond was sarcastic. <laughs> but I know with Ryan Reynolds in a lot of his movies... Uh, a, one, he has to do... Any, any movie he's ever done, he's had to remove a shirt...
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Go back and nope, watch his pornography, and you're he not... has to
1: remove one. Like he has to remove and be bareback, or whatever, like that for at least one scene. Uh, that just—I guess—that's in his contract. Um, and the other thing is his sarcasm.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. He always has that very, and it's not even dry. It's right. And I can really seeing the Bond films that I did. Bond always had a. It was more of a suave technique, but he was sarcastic. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So I relate- Bond was
3: very witty, right? He, yeah he, he played his he played his pun cards to his chest. Yeah, as long as well as girls, but that's beside the point. <laughs> My name is Galore. I must be dreaming.
2: <laughs>
0: you know, I if he was still around, the only other actor I could really see playing Bond would have been Heath Ledger.
2: Hmm.
3: I I could I could see that he would don't he, know
0: he would have been a decent Bond knowing in, in I, my opinion
1: oh well, I I agree yeah. you know the fact that they, if they would have given him a chance right what I learned about Heath Ledger after Dark Knight because I you know the movie that I saw before Dark Knight that I was really a fan of with Heath, Led- Heath Ledger's work would have been ten things I hate about you. Oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and that was more of a, a teen movie or whatever. Mm. There was a movie that he did called The Imaginarium of Doctor per- uh, uh, Paranassus.
3: Yes, I remember where that. Where
1: he had he passed away midway through filming. That's that why was... Johnny Depp, Jude Law, and uh, Colin Farrell had to take over the part. Uh so they had all that four. the one made by, by
3: Neil Gaiman? Gaiman? I think so. Yeah. yeah,
1: and it was it was very like fantasy wise, yeah, or whatever. But what I learned, like what my point was, is like watching Dark Knight. I understood that Heath Ledger had become a character actor, mm. and that's really kind of what you have to do with a Bond. Right. You have to become that character. Right. You can't just play mm-hmm. it. You know, you can't shoot from the hip on and stuff. Like you really have to dive into that part. Yeah. I can see Reynolds doing it. Possibly Heath Ledger. I just that's kind of
3: floored me because I never would have expected
1: that name
3: to come up in the
1: really a possibility
3: yeah i mean one thing with bond as well ever since i think more of the brosman side of things they kind of uh made bond their own character like brosman did kind of bring out the more wit side of bond i wasn't a huge brosman fan though yeah true but he did start the wit a little bit more than most of the others i i was more of a connery person myself right the the biggest thing i liked out of uh
0: brosnan was the 007 n64 game yeah <laughs> right, uh-huh. yeah i
1: still like playing that game I'll, I'll dust it off and play it every once in a while right <laughs> hey i played it
3: uh, i think last christmas i played a multiplayer game of it oh <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> With a couple of buddies of mine, it was it was great. I still can't, I, I still don't know how I controlled that 64 controller so right. well back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> See with Pierce, like I never really watched a lot of
1: 007 movies that he was in uh, because I couldn't get around the fact that the last movie before he came out as Goldeneye and became Bond and took the took the mantle of Bond over. Yeah. he was in Mrs. Doubtfire. That is true. I could not uh, get over that fact <laughs> that he gets hit in the back of the head with a giant lime, <laughs> and Robin Williams, being the great comedic actor he was, he was in there. He's like, "Oh, I saw it. It was a run by fruiting, <laughs> or whatever."
0: I couldn't take him serious after that. Robin Williams as Bond?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no.
0: It, it may not be true to the character, but it would be hilarious. Well, see, I agree with um, J.D. from
1: last week. Idris Elba yeah. would be a nice change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Or, I don't know, because in Hollywood you fail <laughs> upwards, so I don't know. They might actually eventually change the whole entire perspective of, you know,
0: a a guy and cast a woman. Uh, I think... I. I think if they were going to do that, they could have they could branch off a separate series mm-hmm. with a different
3: name. Oh, yeah. I'd have to agree with actually Daniel Craig on this because uh, he was quoted saying that they should just do their own version of right. like a, a Bond type character for a female lead. And make it their own.
0: And that's what I'm saying as well, is just, you know, branch it off. I mean, Because they, they can branch, make it better. Yeah, they could.
1: So, Well, see, we were talking about it earlier, and I told you that I had read up on some news articles and stuff and, and done some quizzes and everything like that. But one of the characters that I forgot to say that typecast himself, because that was one of the articles I read today, was like a bunch of actors who have typecasted themselves, i.e. Daniel Radcliffe and so on and so forth. Uh, Jim Parsons, who plays Sheldon Cooper on Big Bang. You, like, you're not ever going to see uh, Kevin McAllister himself. Macaulay yep. Culkin was one of the ones that typecast himself. The evil
0: little bastard. One
1: that I did not expect them to say <laughs> was Kit Harrington.
3: Yeah, I could see that.
1: John Jon Snow. Now, if yeah. he was a better actor and wasn't typecast as Jon <laughs> Snow, I could possibly see him as Bond.
3: I, um, I'm not I, sure. I would actually say, if he was not typecasted, by yeah. the way, he played... Jon Snow, if he played it like a little bit more near the end version of Jon Snow, yeah, where he was more serious and all that, I could see him do it. So, the other person
1: that I saw on there because they kept mentioning people that typecast themselves, I want to, I don't want to butcher his name, but Rupert Grit, Ron Weasley, <laughs> ah. you will not ever see. Ronald Weasley. He can't. They yeah. they typecasted him. Yeah. He won't ever play in anything else. Right. But that character. Yeah. So I looked at that that article and I saw that picture and I go, Aww.
3: oh, oh, <laughs> There you go.
1: But as you can tell, I glitched in the system right there. I just I glitched mean, this system right. and it's. Um, 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 we um. need to get it Readjust. readjust. <laughs> yes.
3: Joe, help us readjust. <laughs> <laughs> get us in the matrix. <laughs> oh.
0: <Yeah. laughs> So, apparently, Google did have a glitch. Yes. That caused a lot of internet issues. Yep. Uh, Google reported that it had experienced a global issue with its Google Cloud platform uh, networking last week. Oh. Uh, The result? Many of us saw 404 errors when trying to get to some of our favorite web pages, such as, you know, know, Spotify. Yep. Uh, Hi, Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot more. Um, According to. Internet managers on the outages mailing list. The specific problem at delivery network.
3: Whoa,
2: oh, ugh. you had a glitch there. Yeah, I, I had. A,
0: yeah, the specific problem seemed to be with the GCP load balancers. These working with Google Cloud delivery networks CDN CDN. Yeah, uh, provided high high available availability web services. Because I'm having glitches
1: reading. I think this we article. need to power them down, <laughs> down and power, power him back cycle. On.
3: <laughs> power yeah. cycle. Yeah. Joe, Joe, did you try turning it off and back on again? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: this is designed to stop the
0: website failures and distrib- uh, distribute denial of service or DDoS attacks. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, <laughs> by putting your website behind a single, uh, anycast IP. And then scaling your resources up and down when, in, with intelligent auto-scaling.
3: So, for people that, I guess, right? that's a lot. That is uh, a lot. So, basically, they have a system in place to make sure that anything that would cause heavy traffic issues, that it would not cause all the internet to funnel into something. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's what disrupted everything. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> But with a global problem, uh, Google was unable to keep the sites up. Oof. Yeah, Google was able to resolve this issue in a couple of hours after the major outage.
3: I still say, you could see how bad people were in two hours without the internet.
0: I
1: know, I was having a problem (laughs) because they
0: took away my uport Tube. YouTube! (laughs) Ah! So, the, the this is the problem I see with having one major massive conglomeration controlling the majority of the internet.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, the internet wasn't ever meant to be what it has become as far as being controlled by a single entity. Mm -hmm. Um, it was meant to be a free and open marketplace, um, and exchange of ideas. And if you have one singular company, our, Companies, because you've got the Google Web Services, right? You've got the Amazon Web Services. Mm-hmm. And those are the two major ones out there right now mm-hmm. that control the majority of the traffic out there. And if either one of them goes down, guess what? You're not getting out.
3: Yeah. I mean, if I remember correctly, earlier this year, Google had another issue with their uh, systems. It wasn't as like big, but again, it shows just how crazy people do, or how much people need it. But that one actually affected my workplace. Yeah, because the it, one it's earlier search search algorithms mm-hmm. messed up, which causes an issue with everybody. Yeah.
0: Well, so we use the Google G Suite, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, apparently, someone hit the G spot and. <laughs> See what you did there, yeah. yeah. And uh, nice. And it took the whole system down. Couldn't get to email. Couldn't get to anything. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, not not this time. The previous one earlier yes. this year. Uh, and so it just. Like I guess I. I'm wondering if it wouldn't be better for smaller companies to handle the internet traffic, interconnected with each other, working together, so that if one goes down. It's not such a big deal for the entire world, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It, it may be localized to four or five states or one country, you know, mm-hmm. instead of a global catastrophe.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And it could just easily be switched over to the other people to help balance it, right?
0: And that that would be my thoughts behind it. But you know, that's, that's... unless um, unless the government steps in and says that. Google's a monopoly, which they are, but
3: <laughs> alphabet alphabet is the monopoly. Yes. Um, <laughs>
0: but unless someone steps in and says, Hey, they're a monopoly, just like the old uh, bell, you know, mm-hmm. whenever they uh, broke them up into the smaller bells like bell South and all that, Um then you know they're just gonna keep on doing the same thing, and we're gonna have bigger issues down the road. Yeah. So, I mean, well, if what, we learned
1: anything from this, you know? We learn from our mistakes. No, I'm we kidding. Don't. We don't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, what was that thing about putting all of your eggs in a basket?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I'm just I'm I now know, you know, you don't want to mess with the G spot. No. Because now I know it's Google. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you have to search for it. I mean, Google. <laughs> Anyways,
0: and when it's not working, it's just you're useless. <laughs> yeah. Much.
3: You, you say we'd be left stranded, dead, dead. Yeah, we'd definitely be knocking on the door.
2: Uh huh.
3: Uh-huh. But. Huh. What what was it that we got here now? Uh, good old Kojima. Yes, again. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we're kind of going away from Bezos and Musk. This this no Bezos news. Thank no. God. No. Wow. <laughs> Nothing maybe big the, this time, but <laughs>
0: maybe the episode name would be the should be the one without Bezos.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> maybe depends. Right. <laughs> But uh, Kojima Productions open a film and TV division. Uh Uh-oh. So Kojima Productions, who just recently made the game, well, about a year ago, Death Stranding, has announced a brand new division as it looks beyond video games. No new projects have been announced yet with it, but the company says the Los Angeles-based office will focus on securing opportunities in the film and television space. Which, again, Kojima has been a big fan of uh, movies. Right, uh, really bleeds into his games. Like for example, Death Stranding has Norman Reedus, mm-hmm. and I'm going to butcher the hell out of the name. Uh, Leah Sado, Sado, It's a name. It it is a name. <laughs> yeah, and Sadox, yeah, Sadooku. Oh, we're, we're sorry. <laughs> Google, you were good in the game. I'll tell you that. <laughs> But uh, Kojima also, and he was in this game too, in Death Stranding. But he originally was going to partner with Guillermo del Toro on that canceled Silent Hill game that we talked about. That still hurts my feelings. (laughs) It hurts me so bad. Yes. Uh, Please, can Konami, can you please bring back PT? Because I really want to download it. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) But. Next week, they'll announce that they're re-releasing it. Yeah. I I swear someone's listening to us. I think It's going
1: to be... Well, that's the thing. Because PT, since it's such a rare game, like you've talked about it before, you actually had it downloaded on your system. Mm -hmm. If you still had that, you would be very, 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 very well off. Yeah. Because a lot of people want it. Here's the thing. You have collectors like me that if we did have the opportunity to come across a version of PT... We know how rare it is. Mm-hmm. We know how much it's worth. If you re-release it, it immediately takes away from the, the the money. Yes. And it drops it down to a normal kind of just a regular run-of-the-mill common game. Yeah. So you kind of have to go back and forth with it and be like, <laughs> don't make another game. Don't try to re-release it because we enjoy having the the bundle of money that we're not gonna sit there and resell, but we just enjoy having something valuable. If you re-release the game, it's gonna make some, you know, hurt feelings. JD wants to be released again so he can download it again. He yeah. wants to play it again for the sheer fact that he just enjoyed the game. Yes. Then you have people that are never gonna play the game, and they just want the the pile of money that's sitting in their system, <laughs> or on there on a on a disc, a hard a hard disc game or whatever. So. It's definitely one of those things that's, yep. you know, really bad. The one thing that I wanted to bring up is that we had talked about Death Stranding. Yes. I was actually... Don't tell anybody, but I was at work today.
0: You were. Yeah,
1: and I was
3: on the computer.
2: <gasps>
1: and Google wasn't messed up. I didn't get any 404 codes. No G-spot. Anything, Stop that.
3: You don't say. <laughs> the thing was, is I actually
1: came across for sale here locally. I didn't even know this was existing, but... It's a PS4 Slim, mm-hmm. the console, but it's all white mm-hmm. and has handprints in it. Yes, and that is the limited edition
3: Death Stranding PS4 Pro. So, wow, yeah. So, in Death Stranding, one of the big like forces that you have to that Norman Reedus's character runs into in that wasteland, pretty much. I can't remember the names off my head. It's been a little while. It's been 2019 since I played this game. <laughs> right? Uh, is it's they're kind of like ghosts or spirits that will try to drag you into a uh, like a bad event. Pretty much, they'll try to drag you into the afterlife. Pretty much. But the only way you see them, other than with a system rig that uh, Redis's character has on him, that's being controlled by a thing called a BB um is uh like is it just a baby? It's a baby. Yeah. It's the baby. <laughs> it's a baby. It's a baby. Are you talking about the thing that attaches to your head? Uh it's a thing that looks like a little three-prong that's on his shoulder that oh, okay. looks like it's taking snapshots. It's gotcha. a baby. <laughs> but it's attached to a little baby in a little pod.
2: <laughs> it's Kojima. Yeah. Good
3: job. <laughs> <laughs> I respect Kojima, but Damn he weird. <laughs> it's very true.
1: But yeah, like I was saying, like I saw that console today and I didn't even know they brought out a special edition of a Death Star and a PS4 Pro. Mm-hmm. Did my research on it and everything like that. It's it's not a high valued system, mm-hmm. but where I found it and the price, you can't beat ninety dollars for a PS4 Pro. No, that's and that's, a that's really good. So, <laughs> so how much <laughs> really did you try. pay for it? I have not paid for it. I was <laughs> still waiting on that. It was just fun to see, and it's of course locally for sale and everything like that. So I was like, oh, "That'd be a good collection piece to add." Haven't really played a lot of Death Stranding, but like that's why I asked. There was creatures in the game mm-hmm. that could attach to your head, and they had almost like little, like their feet. They kind of they have like the same thing as like a centipede, like as far as the feet, but they have sharp edges to them, and they'll, they'll poke into your brain, and they'll suck your brain out,
3: essentially, or take your rumors. I can't remember exactly what they're, what they're I called. Re- I don't know if it was, I don't know if actually that was that game or not. I believe it was, huh.
1: because you didn't want to ever get them, and there was also a video that I watched on YouTube where it actually showed a easter egg of another game that had the same creature in it, but it was dead, and you could actually sit there and put it on your head. And kind of wave it back and forth. And, oh,
3: you know, no, 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 no. So what that was is they had a collector's edition for Death Stranding come out. Okay. It was like the redo and they put it on the PS5 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was added in was they did a collaboration on the PC version that also went over to the PS5 version with the game called Half-Life. Okay. Uh, and what that was was a headcrab there you go. Okay. So they added the little costume joke that you could put a Norman head Rios crab... put cost- it on his head, yeah. Yeah, you could put a little head crab hat on. <laughs> so I get what you're saying. There. That's, yeah. But I saw Norman Reus
1: as the character in Death Stranding with it on his head and stuff, and he was in, looking in a mirror, and I was like, that's creepy. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know if they would really be, you know... It, it,
3: those things still terrify me in that old game of Half-Life 2. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that. And there's been
1: a couple of occasions where I've actually been terrified. There's actually a video video somewhere of me playing Mortal Kombat uh-huh. X, and when you go into the catacombs, it's Spider Catacomb, and I'm walking around with my character, and I'm looking around the catacombs, and these gigantic spiders would cover your entire TV screen as they jumped <laughs> in, but it would give you like three buttons that you could press, either triangle, square, or circle. And it would defend you away from the spider. If you did not press the button in time, the spider would jump onto your body. (laughs) It's the only time I've actually, in a while, that I can actually say that I've actually screamed out loud. (laughs) Because a giant spider jumped on my TV and I did not expect it. And I I was so scared that I couldn't defend myself by pressing the button fast enough. So the spider got me. I eventually learned how to take my sword out and cut that little bastard in half. But it took a while.
0: At least it wasn't like JD with the spider
3: trapped underneath the screen. No. Oh, yes. So when, when I was younger, my family had an RCA big box TV. Um, and anything could be inside that big box TV. I learned that whenever the TV was on, a nice little spider was inside there always watching. Always wondering what <laughs> I was playing. So, you know, I boot up Fable or I boot up Halo. Hey, that's a good game you got there. It'd be ashamed if I was blaring onto the screen in front of it.
1: <laughs> See, I haven't really had that many occasions where a game has scared me. But anything to do like playing Alien vs. Predator or any kind of alien game and the face hugger jumps on the screen. <laughs> stop <laughs> making games where that happens. Stop playing them? I I can't, man. <laughs> they have really good storylines, it's just, just just take those
3: out. I don't need to be Game Over man. Yeah, right. Game over.
1: (laughs) Speaking of game over, JD.
3: Oh yes. Uh Microsoft (laughs) during their twentieth anniversary uh posted a letter showing where they tried to acquire Nintendo back in nineteen ninety
2: nine. Yeah, that
3: wouldn't happen. Yeah. Over twenty years ago, as Microsoft was gearing up for the release of the original Xbox. Some of the company were concerned that they wouldn't have enough games to accompany the console at launch. Gee, uh, I think Halo fixed that. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. So someone had this bright idea to try to buy Nintendo back then. I think when the Xbox was coming out, it was the beginning of the GameCube era. It was somewhere around there. They were about to start of yeah, the GameCube. Yeah. yeah, it was about GameCube yeah. era. Yeah. Uh, it was near the end of the 64, and I think they had Dolphin under their belt at the time, getting ready to be made. Which was the GameCube. Yeah. Uh, so, Kevin Backus, a Microsoft's former director of third-party regulations for Xbox, summed up this meeting with Nintendo. <laughs> and it went like this. Steve Ballmer, Microsoft's former CEO, made us go meet Nintendo to see if they would consider being acquired. They just laughed their asses off. Like, imagine an hour of somebody just <laughs> laughing at you. That was kind of how this meeting went. <laughs> Good job, Microsoft. Because, <laughs> again, they went to Nintendo and said, could we buy you during their golden age? Right.
1: <laughs> it would have been better if Microsoft would have just sat there and billied up and just tried to sell their stock to Nintendo. Right. Instead of asking Nintendo to sell theirs.
3: <laughs> so Microsoft used their whole 20th anniversary memorial site to release... Some primary evidence of this attempted purchase, it features the partial publication of the 1999 letter from Vice President Rick Thompson to Nintendo of America. Uh, I will say the source article has that I have for this is got a screenshot that you can read, so just check out our sources. So,
2: <laughs>
3: so the thing is, why would you
0: knowingly embarrass your company like that? Like, I understand if it was former employees. Releasing this information, like, yeah. Guess what? But
3: I, I actually like this. This is basically them sitting here and being like, "Hey, look how stupid we were 20 years ago. This was our first attempt at making a console. So this is like, yeah. hey, this was funny. Why don't you look at it? It's a nice trip down memory lane for us. I don't really. I don't look at it that way. I look at it the board meeting. Like,
1: whose bright idea was to have a board meeting? And be like, hey, we should go after Nintendo. Right. right. I think we have a real shot. That person got fired, like, three hours after (laughs) that meeting was over.
0: Well, I mean, that was Steve Ballmer, the former CEO. Exactly. There's a reason he's former. Right. His
1: (laughs) job did not... He had no job security after that meeting.
0: This is the same guy that had the Friends people make uh, the XP guide. (laughs) I mean, a strong case could be made that Nintendo
1: is still around, still relevant. Microsoft doesn't... Their console... It's called the Xbox Series X. Microsoft has their name nowhere on their system. Nintendo
3: proudly represents. Oh yeah, I,
1: Nintendo I, on their systems. I have to point. Xbox out, has never
3: done that. No. I have to point out as well. As of right now, uh, what are the two biggest selling product or consoles right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Switch. Yes. And the PlayStation. Yes. I, I mean, I, I I do like all the consoles in their own way with everything, the Xbox does have better, like, graphical push to it. Yeah. Uh, while, like, the PlayStation has just the overall frame rate boost. Right. right. right? And the loading power is just ridiculous. Right. Uh, and this is from someone who has experience on that, with that thing. It's, it's stupid.
1: <laughs> well, you also have to remember that Xbox, when they first started out, like, the reason that they're... I wouldn't say that they're better because we've already had this conversation. Like I've always been a sony Sony player, like a Sony fan or whatever. I'm not opposed to playing Xbox, but I'm just a I think the library's better and everything like that. but Microsoft is a computer company. Yes, but, like that's why their their systems their consoles
0: are still around because of what
1: yeah, internal I mean-
0: parts they put into it. And
3: I'm not missing. Let, any. Let,
0: let's let us let us face it, though they're not really a computer company; they're a software company. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah.
3: And I add to it as well. I'm not missing much. Not having an Xbox, I have a computer, and pretty much all their, you know, their yeah, right. their company titles like Halo and all that, I can play it on my PC now. Right. Like right now, I can pull up Halo Infinite and pre-order it on my computer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Here's a fun
3: fact: is like we have a. We got another
1: friend that we know and everything but I was over at his apartment one night and he had his Xbox One there. Mm -hmm. I didn't know this, but his saved data from his Xbox transferred over to his PC. Yep. Yeah. So he could actually do that. And I'm like, wow, why even make consoles? (laughs) If you can just transfer something over to a PC. But I also understand that someone like me, I'm a console gamer. Yeah. Never been into PC. Mm -hmm. Never been able to just weigh too many buttons. That's give give my, me a controller with like four buttons and some and some joysticks and some top buttons or whatever. Now you and Joe are completely different. Oh, yeah. You guys know PCs through and through. Yes. So...
3: JD's more of a hybrid. That is true. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's what Microsoft does right. I give them that. Yeah. They know that there are some people that would be like, I don't want to make a PC, so give me your Xbox. Right. Or there are some of us like me and joe here they're just like just give me the games on the computer yeah i'm good I, yeah
0: i'm happy with my pc and you know i don't need a console for anything
3: so mm-hmm. like again you can play Gears of war on the pc yeah all their first party titles basically are on the pc <laughs> well we had actually talked about this earlier
1: you probably could play fable on your pc Oh, i've got fable 3 on my pc okay i think oh, all of them are on pc yeah. if you go to steam yep so i mean it's and all that tells me right there is that Xbox, I mean they've already essentially lost the console war. I mean hell, they tried to buy Nintendo out. <laughs> right there, that that was your first that was your first red flag. Don't do that. If you would have ever dared to go after Sony, like right. that's just that's that's fools. Like that's just a fool plan.
3: I mean, that Xbox, man, that first Xbox, I think it was as big as an asteroid. Oh yeah. I
0: mean let's face it it was a computer it wasn't a console
3: it was a
0: computer yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the only okay so uh, side note side story
1: when I played the original Xbox the first time the cool and this might sound bad but I don't care Xbox you tried to buy Nintendo that's on you I played the Xbox and the one thing that I enjoyed this was the only thing that I could remember as far as a point in them making the Xbox is I played a game on Xbox called Fusion Frenzy. Mm -hmm. I used to love that game. The cool thing about Fusion Frenzy is you could actually download music onto your Xbox from a a music compact disc. And it would download onto your system, into your hard drive. You could literally take the game music out of the game and put your own music in the game. So you could essentially listen to a CD, like an alternative CD or a rock CD or whatever... I know Joe's into gangster rap, but (laughs) so he could listen to some, you know, some big ear Tupac or whatever like that while he's, you know, killing people in Gears of War, you know, or essentially the the, same, like essentially the same thing. That was the coolest thing that Microsoft, like the original Xbox brought out. I couldn't see any other, any other things that would have made me like deter away from Sony. They never did anything but that to me you know, gave me the opportunity to put music, because Sony still doesn't let you do that. They never transferred that over. But I also remember being able to watch a DVD or a Blu-ray on my PlayStation, and I had to have all this special equipment just to play, just to, like, jailbreak the Xbox where I could watch movies. Right. Like, it wasn't, they didn't make it easy for you. No, they didn't. And, of course, like y'all were talking about, the size alone, like, that was, at the time, the heaviest console that was out there. Yeah. Because essentially it was a computer. I They haven't changed the, the formula very much. No, not much. It looks like a Spectrum internet box N- now. Right. Now the PS5 looks like a refrigerator, but that's besides the point.
3: <laughs> well, let's see. The new Xbox looks like an Amazon Alexa. Right. Uh, the PlayStation looks like Isengard. <laughs> and the Switch is just a handheld...
1: Which real fun <laughs> side story about that too? The same website that I was looking at today,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm in conversation, like I'm in discussion. Haven't made a deal yet, but I'm in discussion with a guy for a turquoise. I screwed that up. Turquoise switch light. Oh, he's wanting to sell it to me for forty dollars. That's wow. nice. That's like, I would get jump on, that on it. Get that <laughs> right. He the only issue with it is that he wants like I mistook uh it said finchville kentucky which is about a 49 minute trip away from here so it's it's about still go for it. it's still a day it's it's you know it's a it's a drive or whatever but when i got in contact with him through text message or text messaging him about the deal he told me he lives in ohio oh
2: so he wants me
1: to um when i told him that i would have the money or possibly have the money he was like okay paypal me and then i'll send it to you and ship it to you i had thought about getting a switch light eventually to add to the collection, because I know me and you both, and yeah. I believe you have a Switch as well, so we all three have Switches. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard too many good things about Switch Lite. It's not bad. But I would still put it in the collection. Yeah. Just for a keepsake. Just like I'm going to probably go out and get the Xbox Series X whenever it it's worth, <laughs> what, it, it's worth what it's worth to me, which would be about 10 bucks. Oh. But... <laughs> I'm just saying with all the same the story that you read, like I'm kinda of blown away by that because I never really thought that anybody would actually try to acquire Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Nintendo has always been its own force. Mm-hmm. Yep. They've never needed to sell.
3: I will be honest with you on that though. If they probably if they tried to have attempted this during the Wii and Wii U days mm-hmm. there yeah. could have been yeah. a chance that could have happened. <laughs> Especially the Wii U. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: Well, the thing that I looked about with Nintendo is their handhelds have always saved them. Yes. Oh, Yes. If their if their if their home consoles were real shitty,
3: their Nintendo 3DS, their Nintendo DS is like yep. that's what saved them through the war. I personally think that's why the Switch was a huge success where they combined the two. Right. Yep. Where you have a console that can become a handheld. It's it's genius.
0: Exactly. I mean, it really
3: is. Yeah, cuz so... I
1: don't want to plug my PS5 around. Act like a act like it's a, a handheld.
3: Uh, I, I know about this lugging the PS5 around thing. You do. I've seen it. Uh, I had to buy basically a custom gun case to carry oh, this fucker yes, around. It's heavy. It's huge. Yeah, it's,
2: it's stupid.
3: Yeah. Is it safe? Yes. I wouldn't
1: say that because if somebody actually realized what was in your... The only thing you're missing is a handcuff.
3: Yeah, like bro, know. chain handcuff know. on your
1: wrist and stuff like that, but I guarantee you, if somebody actually realized what you had in that case, I'd be dead. <laughs> probably they probably throw a space dart at you.
3: No, we'll have to carry that asteroid of a gun case. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you'd probably fit
1: an asteroid in that
3: case. <laughs> that thing is massive. That's no moon. <laughs> <laughs> so, NASA. Technically, I could say this could be in the line with the. Uh, musk if you think about it oh god because you know spacex nasa but i don't hear musk in this uh so nasa is testing tested they started the launch (laughs) of an anti-asteroid protocol with a space dart in all technical forms uh the mission called the double asteroid redirection test so it's called dart yes yeah it's sending a spacecraft traveling nearly nearly seven million miles to slam itself into an asteroid. The probe, which is four foot wide box, is a pebble compared to this thing. It is about the size of a Colosseum, uh, but uh, the impact would give the space rock enough of a nudge to change its path orbiting a larger asteroid. Uh, NASA is testing whether such a nudge could one day divert a rogue space rock heading for Earth, a apocalyptic, Encountered like asteroid, pretty much. Scientists don't really know how, don't currently know any dangerous Earth-bound asteroids, but NASA estimates that they have only spotted about 40% of asteroids near Earth that are about 140 meters, 450 feet, or larger. Such an asteroid could level a whole city. Um, Dart did launch on Wednesday around 1:20 a.m. Lifting off from Vandenberg Space Force Base in California aboard, again, a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. If all goes according to plan, it will reach its destination on September of 2022. Hmm. So, it's going to be a two-parter test from what I'm getting out of it. According to Tom Statler, which is an astrophysicist for NASA, working on this mission, The first test is testing our technological ability to hit the asteroid. And the second is testing the response rate of a real asteroid being hit. The first test ends, and the second test starts at the moment this little guy is smashed to bits.
0: (laughs) Uh, So what if they hit an actual asteroid and knock it on course uh, with Earth?
3: Let's not think about that. That's a future (laughs) NASA problem.
1: (laughs) I can answer that. I can answer that. I I haven't answered that. Um, they're going to, from what I had heard or seen, uh, they're going to go to an oil rig, and they're going to get like 10 dudes uh, that drill for oil, <laughs> and, and they're <laughs> going to send them up in, a, in, in two in two uh, spaceships. While Aeros-
0: Aerosmith sings in the background? Uh, possibly, because yeah. they don't want to miss a thing.
1: Yeah. So it's do going to... They're going to separate, <laughs> and they're going to go around... Uh, planet, uh, who knows? It's probably Uranus, but oh. it's gonna sit there and go, and it's gonna connect. They're gonna get on this asteroid, and they only have so many, so many hours, and they're gonna drill for a giant nuke, and then they're gonna jump off, and like Bruce Willis is gonna die, but they're gonna blow up the, uh, the asteroid that SpaceX screwed up for us, and hopefully before it hits the uh, the you know Earth, it breaks into two pieces, and we don't see anything. <laughs> It sounds really familiar to me, but I swear I heard
3: it somewhere. Yeah,
0: I mean, it so, seems plausible. Yeah,
3: possibly, yeah. <laughs> so the issue here, uh, it's for the 10 months, this dart, I'm going to just say it's oh, a dart. God, it's a lawn dart. <laughs> it's a space lawn dart. We'll speed toward a pair of asteroids. There's going to be two asteroids here. It's a little moonlet. I love that they call it a moonlet, called uh, Dimorphos, the which orbits Didymos, Uh, DART is aiming for the little moonlet, which is Dimorphos. At 525 feet feet wide, it is much smaller than its 2,500-foot companion. Neither the Demos or Dimorphos pose a threat to Earth. Why are we hitting them? Uh, But they're ideal for testing what NASA calls a kinetic impactor method, crashing a spacecraft into an asteroid at high speeds and nudging it in a different direction, like I said earlier. Uh, The spacecraft should hit... The center at 15,000 miles per hour, four miles per second, uh, transferring its kinetic energy to the asteroid and pushing it closer to Didymos. Um, I don't see anything going wrong with this. No, of course not. <laughs> NASA <laughs> estimates that the impact will cause an explosion of between 22,000 and 222,000 pounds of rock material, which could give it an even bigger push than Dart itself. In the end. Demorpho should orbit over the larger rock about ten minutes faster than before. If the method works, it could one day save Earth from a city-killing asteroid. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> in order to use the Start-like mission to divert such a threat, though, one of the big issues with this, NASA probably needs about five to ten years' advance notice of this thing happening. So oh. they would have to know ten years, five to ten years in advance that thing's about to hit us oh god oh shit (laughs) that's because it takes years to design and build a spacecraft then months of years to travel to the asteroid what's more the probe would likely need to hit an asteroid a year or two before the orbit intersects earth so even if it's in our orbit we're fucked (laughs) Uh, so no
0: surprises
3: (laughs) yep (laughs) but over that time that change would carry away from earth from what i got also with this They're going to like pay it the way they're going to check like the measurements if they push this thing is they're going to use like the Hubble Mm. and all that just to watch it. So they, I mean, they don't have cameras attached to the satellite. I this dart, (laughs) (laughs) even though I think that would be cool as shit to watch this dart slam into an asteroid.
1: (laughs) See, my biggest thing about this is the fact that I'm glad that NASA has. Or, I, I apologize, let me recant my previous statement. I would like to sit there and say that I'm glad that our tax dollars are actually going towards the NASA program to where they can build said spaceship just to crash it. Those things ain't cheap. Right. So at least I know my money's going to somewhere good. NASA's destruction derby.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Space dart.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So what happens if instead of impacting the asteroid it gets hit by you know a piece of space junk?
3: Don't worry about it. <laughs> instead. I mean I, you know, All games of space darts need to have some obstacles. <laughs> it'll all be uh We're talking about our lives, so we're yeah. not talking about the same the we're not talking about Galaga.
1: <laughs> like stuff needs to get handled.
0: It'll 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 be a haptic um uh, feeling uh, for all of us. Oh yeah.
1: Oh um, well, are you going to meta pause?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't have anything really about Bezos or Musk, so we got to talk about the Zuckerberg. <laughs> yep, good old Zuck. So Meta has been quietly working on one of its uh, most ambitious projects yet—a haptic glove that reproduces sensations like grasping objects or running your hand along a surface. While Meta is not letting the glove out of its reality labs, Research Division, the company, is showing off for the first time today, uh, showing it off for the first time today, and it sees the device alongside other wearable tech as the future of VR and AR interaction, making it kind of one step closer to their Meta dream, as you would... uh, at a simplified level, MetaHaptics Haptics Prototype is a glove lined with around 15 ridge and inflatable plastic pads, known as actuators. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the pads are arranged to fit along the wearer's palm, the underside of their fingers, and their fingertips. This glove also acts as the VR controller, so you don't have to have those little... Uh, Joy-con or joysticks. Yeah, yeah. yeah that... If we're going by what they have right now with the Oculus, right, little satellites with the ring around it, Oculus and the Rift, and all those different things. Yeah. So uh, the back features small white markers that let the camera track, like those are like the controllers. Uh, they track how the fingers move through space, and it's got internal sensors that capture how the wearer's fingers are bending. When you put on the glove and enter the VR or AR experience, a sophisticated control system adjusts the level of the inflation. We actually talked about this a while back. Uh, that they, they was play, Some of these VR companies have been kind of starting to do the uh, error-based mm. system to try to do, like, the Star Trek. Right. Uh, so they're putting this in a glove format. Um, it creates pressure on different parts of your hand if you're touching a virtual object with your fingertips you'll feel the sensation of that object pressing on into your skin Uh, if you're gripping a virtual item the long finger actuators will stiffen creating a sensation of resistance they work alongside the visual and audio illusions to get that sense of physical touch Mm. um so for example uh back in 2014 they developed their first prototype which was a one finger with a single actuator and in 2015 they did their first test with it which involved running the finger around a ceramic uh, plate hmm. uh, the reality labs head michael abrash said i saw the plate and saw the finger on the plate uh i heard the sound that kind of scraping sound across it and felt the vibration and i'll tell you i felt like i was a hundred percent running my finger over a ceramic plate interesting so i mean Interesting to me. Yeah, I'd like to see how it goes, but they have a long, long road ahead for this thing. I mean, it's been true—five, four, four, uh, five, be- six years now. Before we know it, we'll all be in the matrix if yeah, we're not yeah. already. But right now, one of the big, the many issues with this glove is sizing, glove weight, bulkiness, and changing it from what? Right now, it's like a really wired-up glove, uh, and they said the bulkiness is akin to the. NES Power Glove.
1: Oh God! <laughs>
3: <laughs> so they're they're working on it. I'm hoping that maybe they'll get it fixed and have an actual good, streamlined version of it for people in the future. Well, see, here's my thing. You know what I'm really kind of hoping? What's that?
1: I'm kind of I'm kind of against the the thought of it, but I'm kind of hoping for it as well. Is that uh, if the glove does come out and become popular or whatever like that? And then somebody gets in trouble with law and they have to go to court and they sit there in front of the court and the judge and everything and be like, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. (laughs) And they check that out. But as dumb as that joke was, they're probably going to have to put them under some sort of lie detector.
0: No, they're trying to make it harder for me to get away with things. <laughs> Joe, if you, you have inflatable nothing.
1: balloons on your fingers of your gloves, like that's the question you really need to ask yourself,
0: right? <laughs> so, a new de- uh, lie detector can track uh, minute muscles in the face, huh. yeah. So, a machine learning tool trained to detect telltale signs, uh, telltales. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, Telltale Signs of Lying has been found to do better than the average person, uh, using little more than data from wearable sensors that pick up teensy flickers uh, in facial muscles. Uh, Developed by researchers at Tel Aviv University in Israel, uh, the system correctly detected when people were lying 73% of the time on average and revealed two types of liars in the process. So, I have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. So, it's right 73% of the time. It's
3: better than most... Tele- the... they,
0: well, they, yeah, they, <laughs> there's a reason why lie detectors aren't admissible anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and let's
3: not get it
1: twisted. Joe has told us numerous times that he can beat lie detectors. Doesn't matter what they are, he can beat them.
3: <laughs> as, my, as my eye starts to twitch we, we need to get one and see this in person do it uh,
0: saying <laughs> <as> <laughs> but wearable electrodes uh, measured the movements of facial muscles in 40 volunteers who either fibbed or told the truth uh, to feed a machine learning algorithm that slowly le- slowly uh, ah. learns <laughs> <laughs> to recognize giveaway patterns in people's facial expressions. Uh, the involuntary, uh, uncontrollable micro-expressions only appear for a split moment, vanishing after 40 to 60 milliseconds. That's something we
3: wouldn't actually recognize in ourselves. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, I mean, it's not like playing... Uh, L.A. Noir. Yeah. <laughs> Doubt! Doubt! <laughs> <laughs> uh, commonly used lie detector technologies such as polygraphs technically, uh, typically rely on uh, physiological responses like heart rate, blood pressure, and breathing rate. Also, perspiration. Yep. Um, all functions that people can learn to control under pressure. Uh, In spite of their ongoing use by various areas of law enforcement, polygraphs are regarded as inaccurate at best. Like you said. Yeah. (laughs) Right. The team plans to continue with experiments to train their software algorithms to detect flash facial expressions with greater accuracy, such that they could eventually do away with the electrodes altogether. Hmm. I mean they've got to have something connected to uh...
3: unless it's like one of those AI computer sensors uh, yeah, but again, it's that might take a while <laughs> right
0: They expect that testing their setup with people telling more substantial <laughs> arduous lies could reveal a whole spectrum of micro expressions associated with lying. Uh, Also, the image analysis tool could perhaps be improved by integrating other emerging technologies that focus on changing the tone of voice. Uh, Levy and colleagues suggested. Yes. um, Our hope is that eventually, after development and thorough testing, this could provide a serious alternative to polygraph tests, Levy told Times. I mean, with this. 73%
3: 73% of the time, you know, 73% rate as of right now. I mean, that's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, just, and it's an ongoing improvement system. Right. So learning off itself, learning off itself. I would like to see if they have found a hiccup. Right. Because
0: yeah. here's my question. Can it be
3: hacked? <laughs> ah, right. Yeah. Right.
0: Is it connected to the net? <laughs>
1: i just think it's funny because there was at one time i was told that and it, it it's uh, both male and female do this but if you're caught in a lie your voice raises yep i already talk kind of <laughs> higher sometimes doesn't mean that i'm lying but i've had someone look at me before and they're like you're lying and be like, No, I'm not they there. Like your voice is when I'm like I'm not lying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not lying at all. Like I had to do that because I was maybe telling a white lie. But it, it is true. That's one of the the triggers. But your tells, voice yeah. will yeah, your voice will go
3: up. Which might increase that rate if they get this whole voice system thing activated into this algorithm. Possibly. So yeah. I still
0: think Joe would
1: try
3: to beat it he might
0: I, I, I'm wondering if they're gonna use robots beep poop. boop yep. I mean I think they're trying to
1: do that with everything now
3: yeah yes you know fry cooks drive through operators wait wait waiters <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's just get rid of the whole workforce
3: altogether. together <laughs> uh, so what is this here some restaurants are turning to robot waiters during, due to the worker shortage
1: Uh, I really want to sit there and just, you know... If somebody's walking with a tray in a restaurant, I put my foot out to see if it actually falls.
3: (laughs) Are you thinking like an Ed 209 moment and stares? Possibly.
1: (laughs) But then if you think about it, like if you trip a normal waiter, like they're just going to get up and be pissed off at you and stuff. If you trip like a, I don't know, multi-thousand or just a lot of money... That they're going to put into these robots to wait around at tables. Like, I don't want to get a bill that's not higher than my food.
2: I <laughs> mean, like, you owe us
1: this many thousands of dollars because you tripped the robot. The other thing that I'm thinking of is hey, everybody has worked fast food or a restaurant at least maybe once in your life, or, you know, thought about it at least. Will robots really be as mad as waiters usually get if a customer says that their steak was not made or correct or prepared correctly? Are they going to go back and cause a scene? I don't think you can uh, trip
3: these things. No, they look pretty bulky. Yeah. They look like gigantic tower hover-rounds. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so instead refrigerators of... Refrigerators on wheels. Yeah. Refrigerators with Roombas. Yeah. <laughs> so right there it just
1: shows me with that picture that we're looking at because right now we're looking at the at these robots and the they're source. waiters doesn't look like i really have to trip them all i have to do is like i don't know poke them and they'll fall over <laughs> or if it gets if they mess up my order more than i don't know normal i'll take a baseball bat to the
3: back of the head my cat might want to ride them Possibly. That would be be cute and amazing at the same (laughs) time. That would be be TikTok gold.
2: Yes. (laughs)
1: We're extremely sorry that the weight, you know, the workforce, like Joe had said, is becoming more and more obsolete. Yeah. If you would, you know. But due to many issues that are causing issues with employees hiring, um, i.e. COVID, pay, etc., some restaurants have started buying robotic servers. Ooh. America Robotech makes four types of robots that can perform functions, including delivering food to tables, cleaning dirty dishes, which if you think about that, if they're in a dishwasher, they're going to electrocute themselves, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but whatever, just don't forget to wear gloves, uh, escorting dinners to their seats, and even singing happy birthday, I'm done. No. <laughs> happy I do, birthday. Yeah, I do not want yeah. that. Happy birthday, happy birthday
3: to you. To you. Happy birthday to Customer Eric. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> How would you feel going next week to a restaurant and a uh, robot?
2: Singing
0: you happy birthday. So, I'm not going to say robots scare me,
1: but smart cars. I'm eventually thinking the future is going to end up like this. Because they haven't released the hoverboard, which is what I, the only thing I wanted in the future to be released is a hoverboard. <laughs> or a flying car. But I have seen certain... Plans to make smart cars actually think for themselves. Yeah. Like be able to drive themselves. If you step out in front of a car or flip a car off or something like that, does it immediately get red eyes and start, you know, <laughs> so. facially scanning your face and then ask for the assistance to run you down? What changes it from waiter robots wanting
0: to hurt you? Right. Well, I'm, I'm seeing a future uh, mix of the Jetsons, um, iRobot. And Minority Report. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Splash a bit of WALL-E in there. Yeah, don't forget Artificial Intelligence. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah.
1: If movies tell us anything, run. (laughs) (laughs) Starts out as WALL-E turns into the
3: Terminator. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So, CEO Jackie Chin told Insider that the Texas-based company started sales in early 2021. Just as the businesses begin to complain of understaffing, you know, due to uh, the COVID. Uh, I think that's more because they don't want to pay their employees. Ooh. But one of the customers for this company is La Duny, a Latin American restaurant in Dallas. Didn't see this place while I was down there. Which is renting three robots for $15 a day to help relieve their overworked staff. That is a bargain. That actually is not bad. <laughs> So Chen said that the robots cannot replace people, rather the robots were meant to take over repetitive tasks that staff perform hundreds of times a day that he said that they could uh, that they could do these tasks better than people. The robots aren't able to place the food on the table. Instead the robots have trays on which we saw there which the kitchen staff place and are able to place up to 10 plates at once, which is pretty nice so that would be multitasking and it would be organized from the way it looked. Uh, Chin said that the robots didn't take this to the table, so it's even automated on that point, uh, where either customers or the wait staff lift it off. Chin said that these robots work similarly to autonomous cars. Eric. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They have a system of cameras and LiDAR sensors i think i said that right Mm -hmm. which scan their environment all the time as a result they're able all the time they're able to stop immediately if someone gets in the way he said eric Eric. (laughs) (laughs) i said that i would hit them in
1: the back with a bat i didn't say i get in their way no you
0: tried you want to try to trip one until
1: i saw the picture
0: yeah
1: (laughs) so it's either it's either it's either you trip the robot or it runs over your foot and then you got more of a problem I'm just looking at this. So they can't drop the food off at the table. The guy's automatically saying that the robots are already better than his current employees. <laughs> Secondly, you don't want someone to have like a strenuous, ta- or a strenuous task because it's so repetitive and they can get other things done. What do you think you do with a job? No. You have to get things do- If you give right. a robot most of the, you know, the strenuous, strenuous task to do... You know, getting 10 plates, which right there, you're overcompensating for something. Why do you need to carry 10 plates? You're making me look like a jackass. Don't do that. You are a jackass. You shut your mouth.
3: <laughs> this is why I have headphones at work and listen to wonderful things from Audible. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> but the thing, the thing fair. being with this is, is
1: that you need to give someone that works at a job something to do. Yeah. If you don't, they're so, going to slack off and lose their entire notion for being there they're just going to want to be there for a check
0: so so what what i'm seeing here is eventually we're gonna have two poor schmucks one is loading the uh the food automator you know the (laughs) the one that cooks the food Um, and the other one's loading that food onto a server robot And that will be the entire staff.
3: So you're saying that this poor worker is going to have to walk over to the fry cook robot and say, Hey, can you give me those chicken fingers off of that fry cook thing there? And he's like, Oh, yes, sir. Puts it on a plate. And then he's like, Oh, I'm moving over to my right here. Hey, waiter bot. Here you go, little buddy. This goes to table 10. Yeah, pretty much. Beep, bop, boop. Do I say happy birthday? (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Okay. So here's my plan since you all are are opposed to me taking any kind of weapon and hitting them in the back to see if they actually can keep balance with 10 plates. <laughs> I would be that person. Just, and I'm not trying to be an asshole, I'm just trying to make a point. If said robot comes over <laughs> with 10 plates of food, or maybe even two plates of food, me and my guest or whatever like that, and comes up and says, you know, tells me my order, I'm going to look at the robot and say... No, I didn't order that.
0: You're wrong, because <laughs> I like messing up algorithms. So the the way I could see this working, as far as that goes, is that so have either of y'all been to uh, Olive Garden within the past like five years?
3: Yes, yes. Okay,
0: so you know that you can without the server being there, you can order on their little yep. iPad type yeah. deal. You can also pay on it, and, and you play can play games. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there that. Uh, relieves the need for a server taking your order.
3: Mm-hmm. So that's kind of already kind of uh... refills.
0: Okay.
1: Like I said, you gotta have something for everybody to do. Because I mean, why pay them then? Why even have anybody in the store if everything like if you go but to then a you restaurant, just add a refill that, button
0: on your. Yeah,
1: you know, somebody's got dropped off. The, the yeah. machine's not gonna go grow legs and go get your refill and bring it to you. I take that back. Pizza King actually does that because I love the train. Right. (laughs) It it brings the train around It gives me my refill. But the thing being with it is that, you know, I don't know. I just, maybe I'm old school mentality like we all are and everything. I don't really see. I don't want a fully automated world. Mm -hmm. I don't either. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of things that we've taken for granted are automated. Yeah. I.e. bank tellers. Yep. You know, as far as getting money out of the machine, yep. out of the ATM,
3: we do everything by ourselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, here at our workplace, we go into the break room and we pay for all of... They do a trust system with our food there in the break room. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we get all our food and there's an automated cashier. Yep. Same at my work. Oh, uh, you're talking about canteen? Yeah.
0: Yes. Is it the same system they have at my work?
3: Uh, or similar?
1: similar. Very similar.
3: Just less food, probably.
1: Way, way less food. Yeah, we have like six items. Oh God, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. We got they're... plenty of bags of chips. <laughs> like, <laughs> like as far as like actual food, food yeah. yeah, it's like six. Oh, yeah, and, how two many of, the... and two of those are um, the
0: uh, the dull plastic um, like fruit cups. So you don't have like hot pockets and uh, no, we're frozen healthy. lasagnas and uh, Joe, pizzas Joe, and...
3: we're healthy.
0: Okay, drug dealers. <laughs>
2: I said, I, healthy, yeah. healthy. I, you you work can't for see me
3: parenthesizing yeah, here. Different, different,
1: different department. <laughs> we literally
3: are like drug dealing sodas under the under the table.
2: <laughs> right.
3: So he goes and does that. I don't
1: really, like, I think i bought maybe four items out of that entire machine. I like, when I was using your, your machine and everything like that, oh, dude, I was, there was like bags full of stuff that I was bringing back to my mm-hmm. desk. Since we don't have that much stuff in there, like I've only used it a couple of times. But you know, with that being said, we have someone that comes in. But you know, with stock that's taken and sold and everything like that, that's what they restock because they know
3: they're they're good sellers.
0: Just come back and work with me again. We have better food, <laughs> right?
1: We I have to leave we, the building have, every single day.
3: We have microwavable stuff there, but we also nickname that fridge the poison food roulette. <laughs> Yeah, you we can either bring something from home and use the microwave, because the microwaves are really cool. Yes. Yeah. Like, I like to use microwaves, but, like
1: I said, for lunch every day, since I get an hour of lunch, I leave the, the facility, because there's... Hair. If you really wanted to get something in the in the break room, you're going to starve. <laughs>
0: the cafeteria is officially open. Oh. Uh-oh. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, see, it was shut down when I was there. Yeah. And... Uh, It wasn't closed off, but they wouldn't let you, unless you had the right badge, to go into it. Right. Yeah. You had to have certain access.
3: Yep. Hmm. So, apparently, uh, a little off, back onto it here. These robots have a 10 to 24 hour charge, depending on what they're doing. Hmm. So, that's pretty cool. Uh, And most of the company's clients uh, operate in the medium to large restaurants of 2,000 to 4,000 square feet. And it's usually just been one bot. Uh... As of right now, this guy uh, Chin says his com- on the company you could choose to either buy or rent. We heard how much a rent is, right? Which is really nice. I get really that. reasonable, yeah. Uh, but to buy these, the smallest bot, which is called Ketty Bot, is ten thousand eight hundred. Still, so like buying a car, yeah. Rising for the medium sized bot, which is seventeen thousand eight hundred. Uh, or well, that's the biggest bot called. Is it racist? It's what it is. <laughs> it's
1: it's a racist. Is it Ola bot? It's Ola. Or? Ola? Ola bot. Ola bot.
0: <laughs> racist. Ola. Yeah, yeah, Ola. exactly. <laughs> Como estas?
1: Yeah, so do we find these bots, the, the Ola bots? Or do, we, do we find those only in El Nepal's? And places <laughs> like that around? I mean, come on. Seriously? q <laughs> Re- Yeah. <Taco> seriously? Bell. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think Taco Bell will be the last place that actually replaces their employees with robots. <laughs> I don't know.
0: They were one of the first ones around here to get the uh, order yourself kiosks.
1: I did see that. Yeah. yep. That is true.
0: McDonald's has them too, but
3: uh, Taco Bell Taco got, got, it got it
1: first. Yeah. Here's the thing about those. You have to... Okay, so say you're a young kid who's still in high school and everything like that. I'm not saying that you still have an allowance, but all you carry on is cash because you don't have a bank account. Yep. Okay, so you're screwed. Yep. Because those self-kiosks are the only way you can
0: only use credit cards. Well, except they do have credit cards out now for kids to learn how to spend money properly. It's controlled by the parents. The allowance goes directly on a card for a small processing fee. Oh, God. (laughs) The world is,
1: it's a changing, but a funny thing that JD said was, okay, so I go to a restaurant and I'm really hungry, but I, like, it's kind of like pandemic kind of restaurants where they were shut down. You couldn't go inside because, you know, they hadn't put up the precautions yet. You go in, you try and, you know, try to go into a restaurant that you're really craving. You've been craving it for like two weeks and you're really craving whatever food you want to crave. You can't go in the restaurant. You know why? Why? They need to charge for 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: bot's not going to do shit for you Because it's down and out Charging mm-hmm.
0: Unless you have two And on the off times You have the other one going
1: I tell you what I've got this figured out You were saying the rent is $15 a day? Yep Okay I'm going to rent for $15 a day, <laughs> and they can cook my food and clean my house. <laughs> That's perfect. I don't need
3: it just for a restaurant. I wonder. If All you your didn't... collectibles would so, be gone. Uh, then a robot would be gone. <laughs> so you're saying that you would change the fry cook button to a dish wash button? Because technically he'd be able to flip things into the yeah. dry side. Yeah. It might be a little too hard on the dishes, but...
1: <laughs> now we're talking like Johnny Five. Mm -hmm. yeah i just no i just can't see that i i I look at it just like i look with with us here sitting here our hands aren't broke
0: right we still
1: are you know Mm self-sufficient who knows eventually
0: eventually this will be the genix bot podcast oh
3: god (laughs) (laughs) i'm ready third is ready (laughs) <laughs> Robo Joe, ready, ready. Don't
1: <laughs> no, please don't because I know him and he's gonna sit there and say like, "Is Ola butt ready?" I'm like, "Stop it!" Commencing
3: <laughs> input, dad <laughs> joke. You know, I didn't actually think of that. <laughs> I gave it to yes. you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> say something negative about yourself before somebody else can. See, that's why that's my belief.
0: <laughs> and everyone, we will we will be right back. We
1: might. I don't know if the robot will take over. Commercial activate.
3: Now, have you been in a recent car wreck, slipped on a floor in a retail store, broken your neck at a neighborhood barbecue while attempting an awesome backflip off a trampoline into a neighbor's pool? Then I'm the guy for you. Call the crowbar.
0: I was recently in a car wreck after being stuck in traffic and taking a knockout. I had to have a transplant of every bone in my body. I'm all titanium now, boy. The crowbar wedged in there and got all my bills paid. The crowbar? More like the slow bar. Everything he does what, is like flying out tea. Wait, wait,
1: how did the prosecution team get in here? Security! Hey, 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 get back here! Get back here! Get. Call me Peter Boney, the Crowbar,
2: and we'll pry the money you still rightfully deserve from your cold dead hands. Yeah!
0: And we're back. Yay. Ah.
2: Hey. hey. (laughs) (laughs) Ah.
1: There will be no foul play. (laughs) All right, guys. So discussion topic time. So since we are, or this entire episode has been pretty much Thanksgiving oriented. Question for y'all. Okay. Since everybody kind of celebrates, celebrates Thanksgiving. There's a lot of food
2: yes to be,
1: to be shown during the the giving of thanks mm-hmm. even, e, even though we you know did what we do as pilgrims Jackasses. anyways <laughs> what would be your favorite food
0: on the day the great day of giving thanks? Well, Uh, mine would have to be not necessarily the day of Thanksgiving. hmm. It's the leftovers after because I'm a sucker for sandwiches. Oh, nice. So give me a ham sandwich, turkey sandwich with some mayonnaise and some cheese, and I am happiest you'll ever see me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so i get that it's it's definitely there's definitely leftovers be had yes like there's plenty of leftovers oh, yeah. because there's an abundance of food being made that day because it's a time for for giving thanks and a time of family uh whether you have a small family or a large family but let's let's not think leftovers what about the day of what what is one of those say you go to say you know say you go to Thanksgiving. And there's a whole just, I mean, buffet full of tables of food and everything like that. What's the one thing that you would really not like to not see there? Like, you're really looking forward to seeing this.
0: It would have to be the yams. Or. Okay. And or. (laughs) The cranberry sauce. Not the the chunky with the berries and all that. No, give me the jello that comes out of a can.
1: Okay, you mean the ones that they kind of slice into pieces? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: the ones that you know you you take the top off and then you have to hold upside down and the kind of jiggle like out. Always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the one. <laughs> yeah.
3: JD, uh, I would have to say on my end, uh, I'd like to go for the tried and true classic. I am a big fan of the mashed potatoes. Okay. Uh, mashed potatoes with we do turkey gravy, which is really good. JD's yeah. um, over here, all acting all fancy and everything. Right. Now we're poverty stricken. <laughs> he's getting mashed potatoes <laughs> and gravy. God. Which I usually mash myself. Oh, oh. So yeah, you're I'm not you're putting just,
0: that much work in. You're
3: ever, like yeah. you're gloating, man.
0: Right. Seriously.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you know, the thing I made usually for me, is the thing I like the most, anyway. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, You don't share. You're just like, I made it, it's mine. (laughs) Nobody gets
2: any of this. I can see that from JD. (laughs) (laughs) Lately, though,
3: one thing I have been liking, because usually we make our, you know, we re-roast our own turkey and all that stuff. The past couple of years, we've kind of been a little lazy. Uh, I mean, with everything going on and everything, and we've decided... Let's do honey-baked turkey.
0: Mm. And you were supposed to bring me some of that. Yes, I was, wasn't I? I I didn't even get invited. I did not
3: have control over that, unfortunately. I'm still holding
0: it over your head.
3: Hold it against my sister. (laughs) Okay, I know her too. (laughs) Next time you see her, you just say, You owe me a little bit of honey-baked turkey. I
0: want a whole one from her. Ooh,
3: yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: them fighting words.
1: It just kind of seems like because
0: the- I really want a honey baked turkey sandwich.
3: You and your sandwich,
2: maybe in bad. the future. I love sandwiches.
3: Maybe in the future, yeah. I might. Before I come over one day, I might actually get like a couple of slices and okay, because you can buy you can buy them in different sizes. Yeah, so you don't just have to buy the entire breast. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Mine's a little different. Mine's, uh, I, I really, I mean, of course, like Joe said, and how JD said, like turkey and ham is pretty much your two main courses. Yes. And everything. So, uh, I, of course, I'm a bigger fan of ham than I am turkey, but, yeah. and I really hope that our listeners out there, are, like, we're not trying to make you all hungry. <laughs> apologies yeah but it's gonna happen no apologies yeah uh, turkey and ham of course are our main they you know their foundations for Thanksgiving and everything like that but mine I'm actually more it's almost like an accessory like you don't really see it at everybody's Thanksgiving but I have to say deviled eggs oh are a bad definitely choice. definitely one of my things like if I see some of the red paprika on the deviled eggs and everything, and it's a plate, and nobody's actually watching it, and there's no bodyguard stuff, I'll eat that whole thing. I'm sure you would. Yeah, I would not do it. Yeah. Um, I've also, and I'll go off into a a couple of different things, because it's not a main course, deviled eggs are basically just something to hold you over with, but, um, I love Hawaiian rolls. Oh, yeah. Like, Hawaiian bread is my favorite bread. Amen to that. (laughs) So, yeah, I would do that. Um, there is a thing, because each family, I, I guess, makes their own kind of iteration to Thanksgiving meals or whatever like that. Like, everybody has their own, like, little I.E. that they put to their recipes and everything like that. Um, as far as yams, I always enjoyed the ones where someone would make an entire, like, glass plate of yams, but they also included marshmallows. Oh, who, yeah. They included, I'm know, not a fan of that. I, do, I, I don't know it's yeah. it's not
0: a dessert the percent. pecans the the pecans involved absolutely so
1: I've never had it with pecans and I'm not a fan of pecan pie so yeah that's the difference
3: My parents usually forego like that style and they do a sweet potato okay like a, I think it's it's sweet potato casserole yeah. yes with the marshmallows really on top so
0: I I enjoy it without the marshmallows that's a yeah.
3: that's a good point too. Yeah, my family when I'm they made when they created it, they pudding. put the they had a, a layer of marshmallows on top yeah, of it. No, which so, I can I kind of see both ways on that personally. Yeah.
1: So, another question for you all. I know that we're in, like, well, I can't speak for you all. I can speak for myself. I love desserts, <laughs> uh, Joe. Uh, pumpkin pie, really? Yeah. Okay, so you're really going
3: Thanksgiving? Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Now I understand the pilgrim hat you've been wearing the entire show. Ah.
3: <laughs> J.D.? Oof. Uh, so, I have two favorites here on this. They're both pretty much the same. Okay. Uh, one, if we can get our hands on it, a derby pie. Ah, uh, yes. Um, the other choice that we just did this year was pecan pie. Ah, okay. Which... Not a huge fan of pecan pie. Understandable. But it was amazing this year. We got it from, I think, Meyer. And it was like just perfect. Really? Um... I will say that I might have overdid it <laughs> yesterday and today. Uh, I came in here for recording a little bit on a sugar rush. Yeah. <laughs> there was a little moment where they probably saw me sitting there going, <laughs> but no, that's it, about my choices. <laughs> Mine,
1: like, I, of course, like pies. Um, I think my family had this past year. They had, um, like, of course, pumpkin was available with, like, you know, whipped cream topping and stuff like that. Um, there was also... Um, like chocolate cream pie
2: mm-hmm. was
1: available there was banana pudding was available there was something that had coconut in it Ugh. so that was available and stuff but as far as like you know i'm a big fan of like old-fashioned apple pie i love pumpkin pie but fruit salad mm. if it's done correctly yeah i could that, I, I that see would be that. my dessert yeah. choice but, with that all being said, because we're all getting hungry now for whatever reason. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> Thanksgiving. <jerk>. Yeah, right. <laughs> Name me a memory of a Thanksgiving that you all like really enjoyed and can like reminisce about, and it was just
3: an overall good day. JD?
2: Hmm.
3: Um, well, off the top of my head, um, I think one of my moments that I think was kind of near to my heart on things... I've had a couple of good friendsgivings. Okay. Yes, I, uh, I had one with you all. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I wasn't able to stay as long as I wished, but I had a good time with the time I had that during that. Uh, and I had one with one of my other friends. Uh, it was not a good year for me. Yeah. Um. And family was out of town, so I was kind of expecting not to have really a good Thanksgiving that year either so it was kind of a downer 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 yeah um and my buddy gave me a call and said hey come on over you know i'm gonna have a couple of friends over i'm gonna have family over so we're gonna have a joint thanksgiving friendsgiving oh huh. neat okay. and kind of got everything together i went and bought some stuff to help out myself yeah and hung out afterwards had a good time and it was just relaxing did you so, mash your own mashed potatoes no, not that time. Did you not bring the gravy? No. I did bring, uh, I did bring. I think I actually did buy some honey baked stuff there for that deer. Uh, see, now you're just making uh,
1: Joe cry. He's sad now because yes. he's the only one that didn't get anything honey baked.
3: Oh. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Maybe next week. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Joe? So, mine is going to be the same as yours. Okay. Because I already know which one you're going to choose. All right. Uh, it's got to be the uh, 2012 Friendsgiving. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, me and my now wife decide to host a Friendsgiving. Uh, just have all of our real close friends at the time uh, come over, bring some dishes, and sit around, play Xbox, and shoot the shit, and have fun right so Mm -hmm. that that had to have been my most relaxing thanksgiving i've ever had that's good i mean we
1: we had talked about it not too long ago or whatever and uh like you had had things that you wanted people to bring yes you asked me to bring a can of what
0: i didn't ask you to bring a can of green beans (laughs) we asked you to bring green beans meaning prepared green beans of the cooked variety
1: did not specify i will say that uh so i brought a can of green beans without
0: a can opener
1: so the can of green beans didn't get used at all and and she didn't have a pot to put them in either Ah. see i don't take responsibility for that
0: that wasn't on me She was cooking everything under the sun. Yeah. The least you could have done was cook some green beans. See, that's where you're
1: messing up. You expect me to cook green beans. I don't even know how to cook green beans. You have
0: a mother that could have taught you or helped you? Yeah, no, she was busy. You you (laughs) have Ben (laughs) that could have helped you? Yeah,
1: out of town. I'm just throwing this stuff. I don't remember. <laughs> but at least
0: the thought was there because
1: I brought a can of green beans. Yes. But yes. Okay, so the Friendsgiving of 2012. Yes. All right, so, yeah, I would agree with that. Even though we do have those occasions where, you know, we do spend time with family. Right. And we do have those those memories of spending time with family and everything like that. So not even saying anything bad about the times that we do spend with family. But the 2012 Friendsgiving was, it was epically awesome because there was a lot of things that we did that, you know, you don't, really, you don't really get into at an actual Thanksgiving, like a family get-together and stuff like that. I've more or less gotten used to that, um, doing Thanksgiving now, just being able to work to the certain age where we can do whatever we want as long as we get our fill and, you know, spend time. Right. But in 2012, when we had the Friendsgiving and everything, it actually, I think, brought us closer. Yeah. And the only thing about the 2012 Friendsgiving... Nah. that i re- that i regret is the fact and it's not the green beans. <laughs> I don't regret that obviously. Yeah. But you know, if we would have went a little bit be- like beyond thinking and stuff and realized that, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a thing back in 2012. They they didn't they didn't exist. Okay. Mm-hmm. But this Paul Patrol table that we used, <laughs> and stuff, that would have been perfect cuz i would have been i would have honestly been the only kid at the kid table and i would have totally been okay with that because <laughs> <laughs> i'm a kid at heart actually i'm just like a I don't know a 12 year old stuck in a 30 almost 39 year old body so. by
0: next week that table's gonna be gone no <gasps> dropping some
1: knowledge on us that we weren't expecting
0: uh-huh. say goodbye to your favorite table Oh, I said not my
1: favorite table. I just I felt bad for the the, the Paw Patrol do You
0: do you want it for your collection? I uh, no. No not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
3: have enough room in my apartment for the Paw Patrol table. Memories of the coffee stains on that thing. You know? Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so the Friendsgiving was awesome. It was one of the first and actually only Friendsgiving. Yes, that I've taken part in and everything like that, and it was I was always led to believe that Thanksgiving is celebrated with family, i.e., why I said earlier, right? You know, I got to pick my, you know, my friends who I consider, you know, I look at as family, uh, some even closer than actual family. So that all well, being said, you know, Friendsgiving was like I really wish that Thanksgiving would have been like that the entire time,
0: right? Well, Ashley and I had to actually uh, explain this to our daughter. Uh, earlier today because we said uncle J.D. and uncle Eric are coming over right right and she asked how are they related and Ashley said they're daddy's brothers Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna ask grandma about that and (laughs) we had to explain sometimes we just pick our family right you know who who we want in our lives as our family they they aren't biologically family they're not blood related but they are so close they are family right mm-hmm. so
1: see i remember being a kid and stuff like that i don't know if y'all ever had to deal the deal with this but being a kid and being in the time period that we grew up in there was those um, i like to call them crazy individuals that would sit there and they didn't understand that after a certain age in school like you're going to lose touch with people yeah like you're gonna grow up in a different you know you're gonna lead your own life and everything but I do remember those kids that would come up to me and be like we should be blood brothers oh God oh, and then Lord. they would cut their hand and then try to touch your hand with their bloody hand. and it's just like no nope
0: nope no no thank you I'm,
1: I'm good with just a like making a title in words I don't have to sit there and contract anything.
0: None of them had to go through the uh, bloodborne pathogens right training, <laughs> but, you know what
2: <laughs> but we were talking
1: about the friendsgiving and everything like that. One thing that, and this will be the last discussion topic for the night because I was really, I'm, I'm kind of interested by this. If the friendsgiving, if we would have, you know, tar like tarped your entire house to where nothing would have gotten messed up or anything like that, and I don't know about our listeners, but. There's been a couple of occasions in life where I've really wanted to kind of take part in a food fight. I look at Thanksgiving as the perfect opportunity to do that, because again, we haven't been in school for 20 years, so there's no point in going to a cafeteria without being creepy, or at least me, whatever. But Thanksgiving, you have plenty of food, as we talked about. You're gonna have yeah. Joe's gonna have hellacious amounts of leftovers for sandwiches. Yes, you know ammo. There you go. <laughs> Did you ever want to take part in a food fight, Joe? No. Really? Honestly, not. You love sandwiches that much. I do. Wow. How, <laughs>
0: however, I see it as a great waste of food. Uh,
1: I mean, it's going to get thrown away eventually. If Either it's going to be in your digestive system or it's yep. going to be in a trash can.
3: I would rather eat it. Uh, JD? Well, I. In this time period, in this time of age of money, I can see the waste. And it makes me sad, because I would love to participate in a food fight. (laughs) But I see money, and it scares me. (laughs) Uh, Well, see, the funny thing is, is Joe had said one of his favorite foods.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. You said cranberry. Yeah. That is a blinder. (laughs) If you throw cranberry at anybody, guess what? They don't see. So you can continuously keep attacking them. See, I've had the occasion where I've actually had to take part, or not even had to, I wanted to, I took part in a food fight. I wasn't looking at at dollar signs and looking around being like, oh, that's not going to clean up real easy or whatever like that. It was more or less, you can still enjoy the food. It's just fast food, essentially. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, as long as you can catch. And, of course, being in the podcast... There's been times where we've had you know some brainstorming sessions where I have pulled out a bag of bugles. <laughs> you have no, no idea, my cohorts here—they <laughs> we... catch bugles like champions. <laughs> <laughs> like you throw it up, they're gonna catch it or whatever. Or so, attempt at least. Yeah, right. This would be—they would be perfect teammates in a food fight. But I, I understand what you're saying. It's just—it's fun. The only—the uh, the only downfall is—is
0: is the cleanup after. One that—that's the other thing that. I would not enjoy about it. I don't like being sticky.
3: You need to Google that, sir. <laughs> ah,
2: nah. Ah. nah. Okay, so i, don't I like get being that.
3: sticky, Joe, 2021,
1: 2022. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I understand that. That's that's kind of where I was getting at because one, you would have to sometimes it's very right. spontaneous. Food fights are essentially spontaneous. Yeah. That's how they start. You know, and people are supposed to have a good time. Things can get ruined. I mean, if you throw, say we were in Joe's living room or his kitchen and somebody flung some yams or something like that and they hit the TV.
3: Would, would those be considered uh, just a heavy projectile or a grenade? That would be more of like uh, a buckshot. <laughs> 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 Ooh, <laughs> So would the stuffed turkey be a grenade?
0: <laughs> I don't
1: know. I'm gonna call it a tie fighter because it has wings.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Red Bull, (laughs) right?
1: (laughs) Red Bull, it gives you reach (laughs) when you (laughs) want to throw something. But no, if you got if you got stuff on Joe's TV, it would be a complete utter accident. But I can get that. I can get behind that. Like, you don't want to ruin things. You want to have a good time and everything like that. You can get behind buying me a new one. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just the type I, of Black Friday.
2: <laughs> right, right. But I can
1: get behind Joe's thing where he was like, I don't like being sticky or whatever like that. Because it does, you know, certain things that are created have a lot of sugar content in them. If they get in your eyes, if they get in your hair. Yeah. yeah especially during Thanksgiving. So much right. sugar. But you want to know the reason this came up? do tell. So we had talked about Ryan Reynolds early. Yes. yes. Yeah. So everybody here seen Deadpool. Yes. <laughs> One of the parts in the movie is like she asked him how long can you like how long can you keep this up? He goes all year. They enjoy Thanksgiving mm-hmm. where they're throwing food all over themselves. And I'm <laughs> like that brings back memories. I don't want to go into another food fight. But if I was starving, yeah I'm going to have to sit there and say no. Right. Because if I'm starving, then it turns into the Hunger Games. <laughs> ah, and that's the last pun for the night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thanks for answering my my questions for me, fellas.
3: Um, I guess uh, time to cut here, yeah. so... Yeah, happy As, Thanksgiving, guys. Yes, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. As always, everybody, like, comment, and follow our Facebook and Instagram, Republic of the Geek. If you like this podcast, support us through our Gen X Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. And anchor.fm slash genx. Every little bit helps. Also, check out our uh, our uh, store, yeah. uh, Teespring store, and it will be uh, in the uh, description. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you all very much. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Bye. Bye.